This is the Collector Car Podcast, the home for the auto enthusiast. Join Greg Stanley as he applies over 25 years of insights and analytical experience to the collector car market. He will interview the experts and throw in some fun stuff as well. Hey, it's Greg Stanley. If you're listening to this podcast, you know I love everything automotive. This passion has expanded to include being a car specialist consultant for RM Sotheby's. So if you need assistance buying or consigning a collector car at any one of our online or live auctions, including Scottsdale, Amelia Island, or Monterey, you can reach one of our car specialists at rmsotheby's.com or you can email me directly at gstanley at rmsotheby's.com. Metron Garage is a company designing unique garages, condos, and other structures specifically for the auto enthusiasts. They've got eight models to choose from, including two-story options, which I think is super cool, while with a very modern look and feel to them. And they come in all sizes, and they're fully customizable. You can check out them today and start specking your own ultimate garage at metrongarage.com, where you can request a catalog or talk to someone to learn more. So be sure to check it out. I just want to give a quick thanks to Euro Classics for sponsoring this episode. Euro Classics is all about collector cars, from servicing your new BMW M5 to prepping your Porsche for the racetrack to executing a total restoration on your favorite classic. They do it all from routine maintenance to performance upgrades to appraisals and everything in between. You can learn more about its owner, Dale Oaks, by listening to episode number 65 of this podcast. And you can find Euro Classics in the Kentucky, Ohio, Indiana service area and online at euroclassics.com. Classics, C-L-A-S-S-I-X dot com. Hey, it's Greg, and this is the big art cars with Duev, who is an amazing artist. So be sure to stay tuned and listen to his interview, and you can see the interview on the YouTube channel. Now, I must point out that this is mostly just a podcast, but I do like to put some videos out there for folks that like it on YouTube, and this one will have video with it. So be sure to check that out. So Duev is an amazing artist, and you can learn more about him and see his artwork at duev.net. That's D-U-A-I-V dot net. Now, he does do some cool car art, which is why he's on this podcast. Well, before we actually begin with the car art part, I do want to say that if anyone has a question for me, whether it's around market trends, a particular car, uh, trivia, whatever you want to ask me, please do so. And just shoot me a note at gstanley at rmsotheby's.com. So that's G-S-T-A-N-L-E-Y at rmsotheby's.com or Greg at the Collector Car Podcast. And I will be sure to respond either in email or directly on this podcast. All right, so art cars have been around for a long time. People get really creative and do some fun stuff. The most iconic ones that I wanted to talk about before we get to Dweb's interview are the BMW art cars. Now I'm going to read you a little bit about these. There were... You know, I don't even know how many now. There were, There's quite a few now, but the four big ones came out in the 70s. And I wanted to compare these to uh, the artists and what their actual artwork sells for. Now, this is from BMW.com, BMW Art Cars. These three words bring to mind the legendary link-up between car icons such as the BMW M1 or the BMW Z1 and world-famous artists like Roy Lichtenstein and Jeff Koons. Read on to see who designed which BMW model, how, and why. But before I talk about these particular cars, there is a really cool car app that BMW used, and you can go to it and download it onto your phone, and it is called Acute Art, A-C-U-T-E, and then Art. And when you hit that, you can actually go to the BMW cars, and you need to have a lot of space in your room but it will pull up the BMW car, art car of your choosing in your living room, in your garage, wherever. 
and then you can walk around and check out the car in person. It's pretty cool because it has all of these art cars I'm going to talk about that were scanned recently, so you can get up close and personal with them on your phone. So that is really, really cool. So here's a little blurb about Acute Art. BMW has teamed up with Acute Art, a pioneer in digital art experiences to bring these iconic models to life once again. Wherever you happen to be in the world, the Acute Art app, <laughs> that's tough to say, delivers the artwork to you at any time, anywhere, to your driveway, living room, office, or your favorite coffee bar, all by the magic of augmented reality. All right, that's basically what I just said. All right, so there have been 19 BMW art cars created since 1975, and let's talk about this first one. So who would have guessed back in 1975 that the BMW 3.0 CSL race car designed by the American sculptor Alexander Calder would be the prelude to what is now a legendary art series? The answer is no one, not even at BMW. <laughs> the idea of the BMW art cars was not something that a PR department planned, as Professor Thomas Gerst, head of cultural engagement at the BMW Group, has also confirmed. So that's pretty interesting. So this particular car was driven at the 24 Hours of Le Mans, and although he didn't finish, the response to the colorful Calder, Mo Calder Mobile was phenomenal, and thus the starting gun was fired for the BMW art car. So this is the first one. Now, just for reference, an Alexander Calder drawing can sell for as much as $1,500, while his sculptures can go for over $3 million. So what is the car worth? That is a great question. I would put it up there in the $3 million range, maybe $4 million. These art cars, I believe they're all owned by BMW, but it's fun to guess what they might be worth on the market. If you think that's a lot of money, just stay tuned for these next few. So just a year later, Calder's compatriot Frank Stella followed suit. He too took on a BMW 3.0 CSL, which are gorgeous, really cool cars which also took part in the Le Mans Endurance Race, bearing number 21. For motorsport fan Stella, designing the second car in the BMW Art Car Series was a special honor. The design of his work of automotive art was inspired by the technical basis of the object itself. The result was a grid of lines that looked like oversized graph paper. Everything was black and white, which meant that this race car, with its enormous 750 horsepower of engine power, stood out from its many competitors in the starting field, especially the more colorful ones. As with Calder's art car, the BMW artwork was actually realized by BMW's legendary paint master, Walter Maurer. I guess he actually painted the car. The artist designed what he would paint. So now a Frank Stella painting goes for $1 to $4 million, and I would obviously put the BMW art car on the high side of that, if not even higher, because there's only one of them. Whereas, you know, there's a number of paintings. All right, let's look at this next one. You know, for reference, let's talk about the most expensive paintings in the world. Now, if you had to guess how much the most expensive paintings were, would you say $10 million, $20 million, $30 million, $40 million? Well, there's 88 paintings I've found that have sold for over $75 million each. That's right, you heard that. $75 million each. And there's over 88 of them. Now, the number one painting of all time, which you can guess, is Leonardo da Vinci, sold for almost half a billion dollars. It's Salvador Mundi. That's the name of the painting. I'm sure I would recognize it, but by the name of it, I don't know which one that is. In second place is a William de Kooning's uh, Interchange, which sold for $328 million. 
I bring this up because when we get to some of these other cars, I have some reference points to what their painting sell for, which is a lot. Getting back to the art cars, another year later in 1977, the third BMW art car appeared, again designed by an American pop artist, Roy Lichtenstein, utilized the Ben Day dots characteristic of his art with the effect that a landscape seemed to move past on the flanks of the BMW 320i Turbo. And of course, that was the way it had to be. This race car did not immediately become an exhibit, but first proved itself in tough everyday motorsport and where else but at Le Mans. This particular car had a starting number of 50 and it went to ninth place in the overall standings, first in its class. So a BMW race car that plays first in its class at Le Mans, that's worth a whole lot of money. Now throw in a famous painter, that is worth a whole lot more. Now the highest price ever paid for a Roy Lichtenstein painting was 165 million no I'm sorry was 174 million dollars now that's pretty insane he had a couple others that sold for around 100 million dollars so what does that make his BMW art car worth is that worth 100 million dollars i don't know but it's not out of the question all right probably the best known example of the BMW art car series is the BMW M1 painted by Andy Warhol himself this Bavarian super sports car is a legend in itself, thanks to the design by probably the most famous pop artist of all, the racing version of the BMW M1 became punitively one of the most valuable automobiles in history. Warhol had one thing in common with his predecessors. He too received no fee for his work as a car artist. Yet instead of designing a scale model like his fellow artists and having the car painted, the American did it himself. I attempted to show speed as a visual image. When an automobile is really traveling fast, all the lines and colors are transformed into a blur, the artist said in explanation of his work. Warhol literally exemplified this speed, applying over 13 pounds of paint in just 28 minutes. Credit where it's due, the mid-engine race car was also fast in its only race in Le Mans in 1979. After all, it posted a credible sixth-place finish in the overall standing. The colorful racer then retired to a museum. Now, Andy Warhol, his most expensive painting in the world was Eight Elvises. It sold for $120 million. Now, this is what's shocking about Andy Warhol. He actually has five, six of the top 88 paintings that sold over $75 million. So he has four of them that sold between $75 and $100 million, and then one that sold for $117, and then one that sold for $120. Now, in my mind, this is the, the most iconic of all the art cars. I believe it's the only one that is a BMW M1 and it is what I would call the most expensive, valuable one of them all. I do think this is a $100 million car if it were ever to come up for sale, which I don't think it ever will. So that's it for just kind of reviewing some of the most iconic art cars. Now we want to catch up with our buddy here, Dwev, and let him talk about what inspires him to have a car as a canvas. And you can learn a little bit more about his artistic expression through the automobile. Hey, it's Greg Stanley with the Collector Car Podcast. Got a really fun and visually stimulating episode this week. I'd like to introduce Duev. Duev, how are you doing today? Very good, thank you. And you? I'm doing well. It's great to have you on. We are meeting for the first time now via Zoom. I saw your artwork uh, down in, I guess it was in West Palm Beach at Cavalino Classic, and I was blown away by the way that you make art cars. And I wanted to see if you would kind of tell us a little bit about yourself in general as an artist how you got started and then how that transformed into making these amazing art cars so 
to to make short because uh, a life artist is always a little bit complicated. Uh, uh, I start to paint when I was three on the wall of my father, and he start to be a little bit crazy. I, immediately, I asked him to to I want to become an artist. He doesn't want. So one day I fell in love with a cello uh, here in Pablo Casals in France, and I asked him, I would like to become a, a cellist. Wow. He bought me a cello, and uh, when I was 16, I went to Paris, I did the Beaux-Arts and the, the School of, uh, of uh, Music. And one day I fell in love with my wife who danced at the Opera of Paris, uh, and uh, we decided to, to, uh, to leave 24 seven. So she was traveling, I was traveling because I, I, I became the first cellist of the UNESCO Orchestra in Paris. And, and uh, we decided to do a tour of Spain with a motorcycle. And when we arrived in Cadaqués, I said to her, but we are just right there uh, uh, near uh, uh, Poriegat where Dali lives. So we went there, I met Dali, and uh, he, he, I explained to, to him, I would like to become an artist. Uh, what are your advice? So he told me, uh, trust in yourself and don't listen to nobody. Wow. We came back uh, uh, in Cannes, where we live, in south of France. And uh, I started to paint in the, in the street. After we, we got a, a, a gallery and we, we extend in, in Europe and, and all uh, and the States. And I started to paint a, a car. It was not, the first one was not a car. It was a, a, two buses. I was asked by the film festival in Cannes for the 50th anniversary to do, to, to paint two buses. Wow. I paint the first one with a, uh, uh, the four seasons with spring, autumn, and all this, uh, the season, the four seasons. And uh, uh, the first bus, bus was uh, sold to a, a Russian collector. And the second one was done with uh, 40 portraits of stars. And when the bus uh, became too old, it was cut, the, the, the side were cut and uh, uh, put in the museum uh, in Mandelieu near Cannes. Wow, so that's crazy interesting. How did they know or how did they approach you about painting a bus? I mean, where did, did they see your artwork in a local gallery? Yeah, because my gallery was at the Hilton and the Croisette in Cannes. And, and of course, uh, uh, all the people know me, the mayor and the, the bus company. So it was a challenge because I, the first bus I have only 13 days. And during the day, I, uh, the journalists were coming, uh, a lot of friends and people. So it was not easy to paint. So, so the second one I did in 13 nights. So I, nobody disturbed. <laughs> <laughs> so now, what, what was your thought when they said, we want you to paint a bus? Are you just pulling out your paintbrushes and some acrylic paint and you're going at it? Or how does that work? Uh, uh, I, I did a sketch, but if they ask me today to do the same, I will say no, because now <laughs> I, I know it was a, a, a big challenge to, to do that. And especially the portraits, because uh, you, everybody has to, to, to see who, who you, you paint. So, so I start with, with this. And when uh, in 2000, we decided to come in States and uh, 
I start to paint the, uh, uh, the first car was a Ferrari 458 Spider. I was it was good to to get the art in the street. That was my idea because in the museum nobody go to the museum. Uh, uh, nobody, some just some people. Then in the street, the art come to the people. So the idea of to to paint the car was great for me, and and people love this. Right, right, yeah. Now just real quick, is is it what do you use? Acrylic? Is it automobile paint? What do you use? No, I, I did one car, who, uh, the, the two buses were painted with a brush. Mm. Uh, one, one car painted on life. Uh, 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 it was a Porsche GT3 RS. Wow. I had only two hours to paint it in life. So with the fingers, with, with <laughs> wow. the, it was fun. But uh, the other one, it was, I paint first uh, a, a painting and, and then we, we wrap and we, we put on the, on the car you do a wrap first on the car then you paint on top of the wrap uh, no 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 uh, 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 i do first the painting like a real painting uh, thinking about the shape of the car how i want if i how i want to 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 create for if if you see a ff who is round uh, i was thinking more to to put some flowers uh, 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 for a Lamborghini, it was more uh, something aggressive, so I do an abstract painting. But when you do, you, you create your painting, you have to, to know where these colors are going and where. And so you are, it's, a, it's a bit complicated, but it's, it's fun. I, I love the chat. Yeah, yeah. And just to be clear to the listeners, you're an artist in the traditional sense with, you know, traditional paintings. As we're talking on Zoom, you have a beautiful painting behind you of some sailboats. And it's just neat that you've expanded, like you said, get the artwork out of the museums onto the streets by taking it, you know, literally rolling artwork, obviously, with these cars. And sounds like you've done some cool ones, a Porsche GT3 RS, a Ferrari 458. Uh, that's really cool. And now, when you look at the car, when you're asked, say, let's say you need to paint a, a Lamborghini Diablo or a Lamborghini Countach, you really have to factor in like where the windshield is, right? And where, you know, you have to factor all that stuff in, correct? Exactly. You, you have to, to think about the car is why I have so many small models. So I can, uh, when I, I do the painting, I can imagine exactly where, where the color and the line are going. Yeah. Uh, for the 458, for we have to wrap in white first and do the lines uh, uh, to paint the line on the, the white uh, wrap. And after, uh, uh, it was like a, a maquette. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, actually, if I would, if you could, after this interview, I'd like to get a picture of your models. You showed those to me earlier and it was pretty cool because I guess for our listeners, picture the die cast models of your favorite car. And you've done kind of, that's kind of like your sketch palette, right? For the, the full size car. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. When I first saw those, I was like, wait, how'd you get that painting to look like the car you did? But it was the opposite. You did the painting of the die cast first and you saw how you wanted it laid out before you got to the real thing, right? Yes. Yes. Wow. Okay. Now, how often is your canvas a car? How many, uh, how it happens or how many uh, I don't, I have done or? Yeah. What, what? Like, do you do one a year? Do you do two a year? Does it depend on what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. It depends on how, how is it? If some some dealer asks me, car dealer asks me to, to do a car, or, so there is no rules. 
Sometimes I did, I did two cars in one year or, or one in a year. It just depends on what the request is, right? Yes, exactly. With the pandemic, you, I didn't do a car since two years. Okay. Are you a car guy? Like, do you like Ferraris and Lamborghinis, you know? Yes, I am a little bit crazy about cars. I, my dream was to become a Formula One driver, but I think it's too late now. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little about your passion for cars. How did you get into cars? What was your first memory of being awestruck by something rolling by you? But, you know, when you are young, you know what is your future, what you love. When a child loves the art, the music, like me, or the sport car, you are born like this. So, so it's part of your, your DNA and life. So I was always attracted by, by the, the car when I saw on the, on the street the beautiful cars everywhere and my father lo loves the car too so that's helped to to love the cars now what are you all about ferraris are you all about french cars are you all about american uh, muscle cars a little bit of everything uh, uh, i love the bugatti but uh, like a french car <laughs> but, but I, I, I never get one i never paint one but why not but i i love the italian cars yeah yeah okay now that's really great now of all the cars you've painted which one has been your favorite what I can say, my dream car is to get a little bit of each one. Okay. Because I love a little bit of, of one engine in one, uh, 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 the design of the, the, the car in another one, the, the chassis of the other one. So, but each one has, is also special. So. Right. No, that's, that's really cool. I cannot say, uh, at, that, at that time, I'll drive a, a, four, a 430. I think it's very comfortable and very pleasant. I love the, the, the McLaren 675 mm. to drive on the track uh, some, or the Porsche GT3 RS, but right, who knows? Right. Yeah, <laughs> got a little bit of everything there. English, yeah. you know, okay. British, German, and Italian. So that's pretty cool. Now tell us a little bit about your other types of painting that you do. Is it portrait? Is it landscape? Obviously, I see the wonderful sailboats behind you. I do everything. I love to, to I don't have uh, something I prefer. I, I do a lot of, of, uh, of landscape. Uh, I do a lot of portraits too, but mainly the landscape, the boats. I love, I love the water. So it's a good uh, inspiration for me, like the, the classical music too. So when I paint, I, I need the water near me. I am my house in on the river, but I, I love also the, the music right right yeah okay yeah that's great to know that you have this musical background wanting to be a cellist and then you transition into the art world so that's really cool you're definitely a multi-skilled artist that's really neat well what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and your your gallery your artwork uh, there is two ways the, the easiest way is to go to my website on dweb.net but the best way is to come in florida have a good trip come to the studio and have champagne or dinner together. I am going to take you up on that because you're down in what, in Lauderdale, right? Yes. Yeah, I've got some family down there, so I'm going to take you up on that. Well, one thing I like to do at the end of these interviews is I like to uh, do a little game, and I did give you a heads up on this. It's a little game I called Keep, Cash, and Crush, okay? So I give you three cars, and you have to pick one to keep forever. You have to pick one to cash in, and then you have to pick one to crush. Send to the crusher, okay? Okay. Oh, it's going to be difficult. It's meant to be difficult. So I'm actually going to give you the three cars you just told me. So I'm going to give you 
a Porsche GT3 RS, a yes. what was a McLaren 675, I believe yes. that was the other one, and then the third one, what was the third one? It was a Ferrari of some some type. Uh, there is two Ferraris, uh, the Ferrari FF and the Ferrari uh, 458. All right, let's do 458. I can't see an FF. <laughs> so a Ferrari 458, the McLaren 675, and then the Porsche GT3 RS. So you have to pick one that you're going to keep forever. So you're going to keep the McLaren, or you going to keep the Porsche, or you're going to keep uh, keep the Ferrari. Then you have to pick one to cash in. You know, might be the most expensive one, might not. And then unfortunately, you have to pick one to send to the crusher. So how would you pick? So uh, to keep forever, uh, I, I will get a, a Porsche because uh, it's, it's strong and it's solid and the price stays the same. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now which one would you cash in? Uh, the Ferrari. Okay, so you cash in the 458, which if obviously, I will say it so you don't have to. You're going to crush the McLaren. <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> on the track yeah right right yeah thank you for your time today Dwev. i really appreciate it i appreciate all the artwork you shared for us and your passion for cars and art thank you thank you have a good day thanks for listening to the collector car podcast don't forget to give us a nice rating on itunes and be sure to follow us on instagram and everywhere else at the collector car podcast <laughs>